Our next amazing guest is Brett Goodban from North Queensland, Cairns. And I tell you what, he will have you in stitches with the way he educates. It certainly is humorous and unique. Brett has actually been in the underwater dive industry since 1998. Can you imagine the stories he would have and what he has been able to witness on the Great Barrier Reef? He was conducting underwater photography and he was a videographer as well. But now you can actually find him at the Cairns Aquarium, educating hundreds and thousands of people about the Great Barrier Reef, the wet tropics rainforest and the amazing savannah land. So I tell you what, get your cup of tea ready. Stay tuned for a very funny interpretation of what is coral. Have you ever wondered how a kangaroo can live in a tree? What about crocodiles and how they can stay underwater for hours at a time and not be seen? Maybe what keeps you up at night is your thoughts of how box jellyfish can be the most venomous animal in the whole world towards humans? Or is it your curiosity of what really goes on inside that caterpillar cocoon for a magnificent stunning butterfly to emerge? Well, don't worry, as I have all your questions answered and much, much more with our following Wild Chats. I am going to bring you the most amazing guests. Hey everyone, my name is Jodie Creek and I'm a wildlife educator and huge advocate for Australian animals. And of course the habitats and ecosystems as well. But what I'm truly passionate about is bringing you information that you need to connect with the natural world. So someone once said to me that I may not be able to change the world but I can change the world around me. So let's hope that we can inspire you to make change at home and therefore together we do actually change the world. So get that cup of tea ready and enjoy the following Wild Chats. Brett, Cairns Aquarium, thank you so much. I'm really excited to have you on because you're going to share with us today all about coral. So first of all, let us know who you are, a little bit of your background. What did you do at the Cairns Aquarium or do do at the Cairns Aquarium? And, <laughs> and then I'm going to ask you some questions. I know the kids are dying to find out about coral in the Great Barrier Reef. So who are you? Oh, okay. Well, firstly, g'day, everybody. Uh, my name's Brett. Thank you so much, Jodie. As you know, I'm pretty passionate about what I do. So my name's Brett. This is going to show my age. I started diving in the very late 90s. I spent most of my career underwater filming and underwater production and learning about all of the marine creatures and love it so much that I was very lucky to be able to get a position at the beautiful Cairns Aquarium where I actually get to stand in front of hundreds of people every day and teach them about the reef and sharks and marine creatures and just love it. If I can teach the kids and people how special our reef is, I'm happy. I'm a happy man. I love it. Absolutely. How can you not? By the way, everyone, Brett and I are both from North Queensland, Cairns in, in Australia. And we are so lucky to have the two world heritage areas side by side right here in North Queensland. So we've got the beautiful wet tropics rainforest, but then the Great Barrier Reef. So tell us a little bit about the reef, some amazing facts. Or look, honestly, I know you, Brett, you could actually talk for weeks about the reef. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to keep it brief, but tell us some cool stuff. We, we might make a series out of this, I think. He'll be back next week, everyone. I'll guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happening. Okay. So I think that the important thing is for us to remember that the reef is a gift. Okay. So we're very lucky to have her on our doorstep. It's also important to remember that, that roughly 1.2% of the ocean floor on the entire planet is covered in reefs. So there's not a lot of it. 
but it is very important because it keeps our oceans healthy. So we actually call our reef systems the oxygen and the rainforests of our sea. And that also means that it can keep our oceans healthy, that keeps us healthy, because seven-tenths of our planet is covered in ocean. There's more of them than there is of us. And before we start talking about the really cool stuff, which is coral, we need to just go through some numbers so that we can get a little bit of an idea of just how massive she is and how important she is. So shall I go through some numbers first, Jodie? Should we talk about how big she is first? Yeah, and look, Brett, if you know how to also maybe put it in kid terms as well, if you know how to give us a bit of an example. If not, that's okay because I can try and do that later. But, you know, do definitely do the adult ones and see if you can try and explain it in kid terms if possible. Come on, you've got three kids. I think, I, I think I've got a couple of those. So the Great Barrier Reef is, for all of us, in measurement terms. She's, she's roughly 2,300 kilometres long or if anyone from the States is listening, it's about 1,600 miles. She stretches from the very pointy end of Australia in Cape York all the way down past Bundaberg in southern Queensland. Uh, she's actually made up of over 2,900 individual reefs. We are finding new ones all the time, so that's pretty exciting. Over 900 different sand caves and islands. So if we really get stuck into the technical numbers, we're looking at around 344,000 square kilometres and in the north she can be upwards of 24 kilometres wide and in the south roughly 240 kilometres wide. So if we were going to compare bigger than the country of Japan, one and a half times the size of Britain where England lives, where the Queen lives and all of them. If you're a rugby league fan like me, if any kids out there like their footy, that's 72 million rugby fields. 72 million rugby fields. 2 million rugby fields, or if you're into a bit of space and you like the Jetsons and all that stuff, those people up in the International Space Station, how lucky are they? While they're sitting in the kitchen looking out the window, they can actually see our reef from space. That's how massive it is. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That, seriously, it's, it's crazy. And as you just said before, more and more coral reefs have been found. So there's already so many that we or they know of, or the researchers, and they're out every single day. I know citizens of the Great Barrier Reef, those guys are doing some big, amazing uh, census projects at the moment. And that that's mind-blowing to go out and to um, basically keep counting and researching all those reefs out there so i actually have the big question now i'm surrounded like you can't see it because of my computer but i'm surrounded here by coral look at this like obviously it's not alive anymore unfortunately these aren't but tell us a little bit about what coral is anyway because some of the big questions are is it living Mm. Um, i think matt called it a water rock yesterday so a water rock that was funny that was good a water rock. Is it living? Is it a plant or an animal? So come on, Brett. All right. This is the big question, isn't it? Right. Before we do that, we just talk, we know that we've got roughly 411 different types of hard corals on our beautiful reef and about one third of the world's soft corals live on our reefs. It is alive, okay? So what we'll do is we'll just talk about who it is and who lives in there. Should we do that? This will be fun for kids. Yes. Coral is alive. It's an amazing thing. It's what we call a symbiotic relationship or you can just call it two little friends working together 
to come up with a common goal, right? They're working very hard. So we need to just very quickly touch on a very special time of the year that creates our coral, which is our coral spawning, which happens roughly at the end of November every year, where all of our corals decide to have little babies, these beautiful little coral eggs that can grow new corals in new areas, okay? Now, we'll talk about what it is. Coral is two things. One is a little guy called a polyp who actually looks like a microscopic jellyfish sitting upside down in a little teacup. Some people think he looks like an octopus, but he's not. He looks like a miniature jellyfish. His little friend, now this is a very big word, Jodie's going to tell you kids how to spell this, oh. a zooxanthale, or you can call him a zook for short. These are the two little guys. Now, the zook is an algae, so he's a plant. Now, both of them are very good at doing something, and some of the others aren't very good at doing it. So if we work on the little polyp, he's the hard work. He's the builder. He's the one that's got to build that coral tree that you can see holding in Jody's hand. Right? So that's, let's talk about that being the building. Now, our little polyp, he sits upside down and during the day collects all these gorgeous little things like calcium carbonate and a few other little cool things on top of himself and he builds up that little coral that you can see there and he climbs up on top of it and he does a fantastic job. Now, the problem, though, is that our little polyp is so busy during the day building that he doesn't have time to eat his lunch. So he needs a friend and his little friend is our little zook. Now, the little zook applied for the job and he turned up at the coral one day and he said, hello, Mr. Pollock, I'm looking for work. Now, I can see that you're a real good builder, but unfortunately your coral looks pretty boring being white and you look hungry. So here's what I'll do for you. If you build this coral, you do what you do building it, I will feed you up to 90% of your food that you need during the day so you have the energy to keep building because I'm awesome. I can get that from the sun and I can turn energy into sugars and all sorts of cool things and make some donuts and cupcakes just to keep you going for the day. The other thing I'm going to do for you is if you pick what colour you want your house, the coral, I can give you that colour because I can get that from the sun. So the little polyp said to the zoo, okay, it's a deal. I'd like my house blue. Zook said, that's fine. That sounds good to me. And they worked together to build the coral as best mates. And that goes on all the time. Now, if you think about that piece of coral that Jodie was holding in her hand and think about the thousands of those teammates that are inside that one piece and then work out how many of these little buddies there are over 2,300 kilometres of reef, it gives you an idea of just how amazing this stuff is. It's incredible. And this is why we need to look after our beautiful reef. In fact, you can actually adopt a zook. Jodie, did you know oh, that? Hey, I tell you what, when you were saying that before, I want some in my house because I'm sure lots of parents right now are going, give me some zook. Because oh. if they're going to look after and feed us 90% of the time, can you imagine how much time we would have? Can they do housework too, please? Well, I reckon they'd be able to push a vacuum cleaner. That'd be pretty cool. Wash my That's, car. Look, anything, anything at all. I'm sure the parents homeschooling and all the kids at home having to do extra jobs because they're at home, they want some zoo. So let me just get this straight. Yep. So this is like a building Correct. that... 
that, that's what we can see from space is all these the building part of it. And inside there lives a little animal that looks like an upside down jellyfish. Correct. That's right. So that animal in there is being fed by a plant which then attaches itself to parts of the little upside down jellyfish. So it's yep. feeding it with the sun shining down, creating sugar or otherwise kids' chocolate. Um, so it's creating the sugars for energy, yep. but it's also giving it the colour. So seriously, like once you start talking about this sort of stuff, I've been working with wildlife 20 years and the reef is the one that blows my mind so much because that in itself, coral, wow. I oh, know. Yeah. So an upside-down jellyfish with a plant, giving it food and colour and then creating these buildings that we can see from space. <laughs> yeah. And wow. if you think about that piece that you're holding in your hand there, depending on the location of that, mm. that could have taken over a year and a half or so to grow. So if you imagine uh, some of the coral bombies that we get up in the northern coral sea that are the size of houses, it gives you an idea of just how many hundreds, if not thousands of years it takes. I mean, this one here that you're holding could be 20 or 30 years, who knows, depending on what area that it's mm. actually growing in and the food, etc. But this is why it's so important that we look after our coral. We don't touch them when we get out there. No, and that's it, Brett. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, because we've, we've actually got some people in our group here who are from overseas in the UK and America, and I think there's some people from Singapore here. Now, there's a lot of scary stuff going on in the world with nature, with our natural world. And the Great Barrier Reef has been one of the big things that's in the media and, and all sorts of things. And we all know that sometimes a bit of Chinese whispers isn't correct, but there is to some extent and effects happening to not only our reef, but all of our waterways around the world. So it's not just our reef. A very quick announcement to make that I'm so excited. Our home education virtual portal is up and running and you can visit that at www.australianwildlifeeducation.com and if you are a parent or you know other parents who have children ages 4 to 12, this one is specifically for them and they get to learn more about Australian wildlife. So tell us a little bit about, you said before when we see coral, not to touch it. And why is that? And also tell us a little bit, if we've got people going to the reef or coming to Cairns or anywhere out there, tell us a little bit about sunscreen, chemicals in the waterways, all sorts of things. I mean, it, this is a big can of worms, by the way, so just keep it brief. But Okay, so our little teammates, our little polyp and our little zoo, they need lots of help from us. It's something that's been obviously in the headlines a lot is two words, coral bleaching. Now, coral bleaching can be a number of things, but if we narrow it down to a couple, the first one we're looking at is extended high water temperatures within five or six metres to the surface where most of our corals get their colour because the zoots need the sun. So mm -hmm. rising water temperatures for extended periods of time, bad water quality, acidity, etc. So there's something I teach my customers in my shows all the time, especially in Cairns when they're visiting. There's a very important word in Great Barrier Reef and that's barrier. Everything that we do in this 2,300 kilometres of the coastline will in fact affect our reef. Now, coral bleaching is something that we are doing everything that we possibly can to try and learn more about it. But basically, our, I'll make it really, really cool. So if the water temperature stays too warm for too long, our little zook, our little chef, 
and our little painter, he doesn't like hot baths for too long and he gets a bit stroppy and he starts to become a very horrible housemate and starts running around in the job site. Obviously, pilots don't like that behaviour and eventually they'll just say, do you know what, Mr Zook, you're out. And he evicts them from the job site. He will keep a couple behind because he needs to be fed. Now, obviously, the first thing that's going to happen, guys, is we're going to see the colour of the coral change to white, which you know as bleached. Polyps can live in there for about five to six weeks, depending on where they are, without the little zooks there, but they're going to need them to come back. And that'll only happen if we get a really good wet season in Cairns, where we get lots of rain, drops the surface of the ocean, and everything starts to come back. So sunscreen is a good one too. So any of our international guests that are thinking of coming to Cairns, it's very important that you're very aware of the sunscreen that you're using because we've actually worked out that there's a chemical inside a lot of sunscreens used to go out to the reef that actually harms the natural sunscreens of the corals and can stunt the growth. And that's actually something called oxybenzone. You can find it on the back of the bottle. If you see that on there, try and avoid using that for your reef trips. Please don't swim around like an octopus when you get out there. We have a lot of them out there. We don't need any more, in other words. Don't touch anything. Don't take anything with you. If it's white, remembering it doesn't necessarily mean the coral's dead. So we need to leave our bubbles behind and that's it. Perfect. And, I mean, to be honest, look, now a lot of companies are catching up on this and so they're making a lot of sunscreen that are reef safe. So just look out for the reef safe ones. If you want to triple check, look at the back for that. But definitely one of the important things is understanding exactly what you said is this may happen in a week or two, but then in six or four or five weeks' time, a few changes happen in the water and the environment and the zook come back home and to hang out with the upside-down jellyfish to continue to create the buildings that they need to make the Great Barrier Reef. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah and we've awesome. Also, we've also, we have to also remember just the, the volumes of animals that call our reef home. Mm. I mean, it's a phenomenal the amount of creatures I've got, I've got one quickly here. Look, I'm, I'm just going to lift it out to show you because, Brett, what I want to happen because I love hanging out with you and we have to do it social distancing now is that I want you to come back next week and I want you to talk about echinoderms. Now, oh, yes. Now, a couple of people are like, echino what? Echino who? Echino who? Echinoderms. <laughs> so let me just, hang on, I'm just going to reach over here see if I can get this fella and I can't keep him out of the water very long so have a quick look and we will talk about these guys next week okay you ready so look we have that now quick give us one quick interesting little fact about him off the top of your head Brett and we'll continue with this one next week well the kids will like this one his mouth is actually underneath there and his bottom is directly on top there and he actually has which is a pretty easy way to explain it, five eyes. So you'll have to wait till next week and we'll go through that about the little echinoderms next time. But, yes, they And pretty- I even heard, correct me if I'm wrong, something to do with vomit and food. So yeah. something, so, yeah, so you have to tune in next week and find out exactly what a sea star does. What about this fellow? It's like I forgot to turn him over on the barbecue. What's oh, going that's on? our little sausage sea cucumber. Burnt sausage sea cucumber. Burnt sausage sea cucumber. 
Yes. How's that? And they're pretty cool because we'll explain to you how we need them. Mm. Oh, we definitely, are- definitely. So, kids, in the meantime, do some research on echinoderms. If you don't know how to spell it, don't ask me. I'm the worst speller in the world. My parents used to tell me to look up a dictionary, but I never got that concept because I can't spell it. So I don't know. Won't know what a dictionary is. Though. I know. What is a dictionary? Google it. Google it. All right, Brett. And one more little thing because I, I'm not going to show you the actual fella that can come out of this, but we can talk about that another time as well. So next week we'll get together. I'm just planning this now, by the way. We'll talk about echinoderms and then maybe the week after we'll talk about animals that maybe come from something like this. Oh, that's going to be exciting, that one. Oh, I'll tell you what, this is really hard for me to bite my tongue. I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. We've got to make a series out of it, Brett. You can't talk too much about that, everything. Let me see if, oh, Anna, hey, Anna Tracy has just said, oh, this is bringing back some memories, guys. Everyone, I actually know Brett from my days helping out at the Cairns Aquarium when it was being built. And we've got some beautiful memories with such a wonderful team there of educators. And I learned a lot as well as mentoring staff there to be able to deliver educational talks. But Brett was from way back, so he certainly didn't need any help with that. Hey, Charmaine, Karen, haha, can I say no, Karen? You cannot say what comes out of that weird brown looking thing. So Bluey. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Charmaine's favourite thing, isn't it? That oh, one. Mm. The surprise for next week. Yes, yes. And Jocelyn and Charlie said, this is awesome, guys. Thanks for watching. Hey, Nita. Nita, part of the crew. Steve. Hi, there's so many people. Alex, Sasha. Any questions, guys? While we've still got Brett on the line, um, we will be leaving in a minute. But any questions? Charmaine's just laughing. Uh, Karen said, thanks, Brett. Well explained. I love the way you explain things. And when we get into next week, you'll certainly be able to share some more of your stories of you being on the Great Barrier Reef. So you've got beautiful stories actually about your diving days, which always bring a beautiful smile to my face when you tell these stories. Owen says he knows too, but won't say, don't say, Owen, wait. So many kids know everything. Yeah, they do. They do. And That's one of the special things about working at the aquarium. You know, when we first started to get all of our beautiful guests through and our kids, they'd arrive at the touch tank and they were so fresh, you know, you'd teach them new stuff and then over that first year and a half or so they'd come up to you and there'd be a customer standing there who's got no idea what one is and the little people would take over and start teaching the other customer and you stand back and go, do you know what, that's why I do this job. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, I've actually got some kids too that I just go, look, I think you should just come up here and take over. I can sit back. Just relax and they can take over. But that's the thing is that I think it's so important and I'm sure you will agree and most people would, is that connection we have and how we sort of create that is with touch, is with getting close. I mean, you don't always have to touch. Obviously, we just said don't touch. But it's that connection, it's that closeness. You don't always have to touch something to get that. But what I meant was close. So once you're in there, so I know when I go to the rainforest, as soon as I smell, I close my eyes, I smell, I smell, I listen to all the noises straight away. It just brings back beautiful memories and connection of of childhood. Swimming at the beach, the feel of the salt on your skin, looking at things on the beach like your shells and getting curious what lives in these, you know? It's great. 
so having yeah oh yeah definitely and make sure that there's nothing in it though Brett it's definitely <laughs> yeah I think it's just something really cool that like what we have with the aquarium is people get to go and have a chat with people like yourself at the touch tank and learn more about what they just did today. So, guys, let's see, last little questions. Owen wants to go to the northern part of the Great Barrier Reef for a snorkel one day. Absolutely, Owen. Yeah, look, I would absolutely. The very northern end of the Great Barrier Reef is a phenomenal place because it just gets deeper. So, yeah, she just gets better and better the further north we go. Anna Tracy has just asked, do you know anything about the man-made clouds they are making to protect the reef further south? I saw that on the news the other night. I've got to do a little bit more research on that. But I did, I did see it. Uh, apparently it's to create a reflective barrier to try and keep the temperature down or something. I've got to dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, so they're the big fans on the back of the boat. Mm. They're spraying out the water to create a barrier across the top at the hottest parts of the day. But Whoa. I've got to do a little bit more look into that. Anna, you've just opened up a can of worms for me now. Now I'm going to have to go and research that tonight. Thanks for giving me another job. Because uh, I don't watch the news, I didn't know about that. But how amazing is scientists or people's brains to even think, hey, let's just go and make a man-made cloud to protect the reef. Thank goodness for technology, but thank goodness for people who just think outside the box, right? It's amazing. Yeah, I just that's the best thing about working in industry, isn't it? We're always mm. learning new things. Absolutely. Owen just said that's a cone shell. It is, Owen, and you know what? Don't touch it. And we will talk about that another time as well because we're going to make a series. We're going to do a kind of derms. We're going to do what lives in shells, okay? What's, what, what is a shell? What lives in that big, great, big floating poo thing that we just saw? Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we'll do all sorts of... Sharks too. Sharks? Thanks. Yes. Oh, you're, you're so good at talking about sharks. I love seeing your shark talk. So, guys, I just want to say a big thank you to Brett for joining us today. I hope everyone else enjoyed the talk as much as I did. And I love being able to bring everybody still our education through Zoom and technology. So any questions, please drop it into the group. We will come back in even when you're watching the replay. But otherwise, Brett, we will see you next week. So thank you. Thank you, guys. I've had so, so much fun. Much. See you next week. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye.